0: Aren't those wonderful words that we've just heard from Peter? We are a chosen people. We are royal priests. We are a holy nation. We are a people for God's own possession. We are chosen to tell others the wonderful things that God has done. We are called to be a community of disciples who make disciples. We are called to be community, in this time of fractured communities. And even before Covid, our society was becoming increasingly fractured and isolated. I think we can see how over the years we've become more individualistic in the way that we behave. And in many ways that can be a good thing, but it can also be at the expense of community. We're surrounded by the values and influences of our society and we don't always realise how much they affect our Christian perspective. Now some of you as you've gathered here this morning, some of you have been around much longer than me. But I can remember a time when society was very different. For example, my grandparents lived here in Garden Village for nearly 70 years. And if we could have the next picture up, John. Um, uh, sorry, the next one after that, then. <laughs> That's the one. You can see here a picture of their house. Um, this I happened to find on the website. But they lived in that corner house uh, from the 1930s onwards. And even when I knew them in the 1960s, I knew their friends from that time, their friends and neighbours. And the people who lived in number three, were Floss and Trevor Parry, who owned a shop in Sly, ran a grocer's shop in Sly. And Florence Parry lived across the road. And these were people who were lifelong friends of my grandparents. And then my parents bought a house in Shrewsbury in the mid 1950s. And the couple next door to them became great friends. And their little girl, who is now in her 70s, is still a friend of my mum's today. Now, some of you know your neighbours very well. Some are even friends with your neighbours. But for many of us here in Wrexham, our neighbours are just casual acquaintances. And sometimes we don't even know their names. In my lifetime, garden fences have grown taller and relationships have grown more distant. The mood of our society is that we're more afraid of of nosy And interfering neighbours than we are about making friends. So the message is keep your distance, be defensive of your space, and don't invite them in for coffee. We're all influenced by these trends and values of our society even if we try hard not to be. One of the books I was reading as I prepared for this was by Nick Harding who is the pioneer leader of Frontline Church in Liverpool. And he comments on the general mindset of our society. He says, it would be true to say that the depth of spiritual, biblical knowledge and God-honouring lifestyle of most people in most churches is pretty shallow. And he continues, the consumer mindset tends to make it very difficult to engage in a discipleship journey. And to connect with resources which will help them grow the vast majority do not even have a daily pattern of bible reading and prayer and that is in some of the most outwardly successful churches now before i say that's not me i have to ask myself some honest questions what would i rather do watch the tv or read my bible How much time do I spend working in the garden? And how much time do I spend talking to God? What routines do I have in my daily and weekly life? And how often are these uh, directly centered on God? For me, one of the main things is to have time to work in the garden. And I know that if I'm interrupted in that, I get quite frustrated. So the point is, that it is not that I don't have time. It's about the choices that I make. Nick Harding also comments, I think we've got another slide uh, here. Nick Harding also comments on the number of self-help books available. And he says, these encourage people to find themselves. They stress the importance of me, my, and mine. Again, such books can be helpful but they promote individualism at the expense of community. And Nick Harding calls it the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. At the expense of us, at the expense of us and we in community. I think there's an interesting picture in the Old Testament. Uh, Israel, of course, was called to be a people of God, Uh, God's people in the midst of the nations, So how were they to be God's people in a hostile world? They were afraid of losing their God-given identity and their special status of God's chosen people. In Judges, we see them fighting with the enemy, but they were fighting as individuals. And Judges concludes with the sentence, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in their own eyes. But in contrast, we see Joshua wisely leading his people so that each member played their own part in the good of the larger community. So we want to be people like those of Joshua's time, who play our part, our role, in the larger community of God's people. However, the mood of our times, like the times of Judges, is that each one of us only has to do right in our own eyes. Our society says, if it seems good to me, then do it. Nick Harding says that God intended us to live in community. God intended us to be an extended family. And that is our first priority, the point of reference for everything we do as individuals. Paul uses three main pictures to help explain the community of church that of body, that of family, and that of temple. Paul uses the famous picture of a human body in his letter to the church in Corinth. He pictures an eye saying to a hand, I don't need you, and the head saying to the foot, I don't need you. It's quite ridiculous. And Paul concludes, God wanted the different parts to care for each other. If one part of the body suffers, all the other parts suffer with it. Or if one part of our body is honoured, all the other parts share its honour. Together, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of that body. Together, we are the body of Christ. And each one of us is important. Paul uses this picture of a body three times when talking about the gifts given to the church. We sometimes make the mistake of thinking that gifts are given to us as individuals. They're given to us as gifts for the church. So I'm God's gift for you and you better believe it and indeed You're God's gift to me. Together, we are the body of Christ. So in Romans, Paul talks about the gifts of serving, often called the gifts of the Father. And he uses these pictures of the gifts as part of a human body. In Corinthians, Paul talks about spiritual gifts, the gifts of the spirit. And again, these are set in the picture of the body. And in Ephesians, Paul talks about the gifts of leadership. And again, he uses the picture of the church as a human body just before he lists these gifts. And Paul believes that it's our common experience of Holy Spirit. But as individuals, we can come together to form a single body. For Paul, the church is a community born by the Spirit. This Is our common, unique, and essential character as church. The other book I've been reading as I've prepared for this is by Gordon Fee. He's a great uh, Pauline scholar, and Gordon Fee says we owe our existence as a community of believers to the common, lavish experience of Holy Spirit. We're all different. We all have different gifts. We all have different needs and different personalities, but together we form one body. So the second picture that Paul uses is that of family. God is our father and we're part of his family. We are adopted, heirs, we're fellow heirs with Christ. We are brothers and sisters and by the Spirit we cry, Abba, Father, Jesus starts his pattern prayer, which we've used this morning, with the words, our Father. And we often rightly focus on the second word there, Father. But it's an inclusive prayer. Prayer doesn't start with my Father, but our Father. And through our Father, we are joined together with our fellow believers, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with a family that stretches around the world and a family that stretches through eternity and that family of course includes the young and the old the rich and the poor the black and white gay and straight vulnerable and oppressor again we're all different but together we are one family paul's third picture for church is that a family is that a temple and again, we often think of this in an individualistic way. My body is God's temple. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And that is absolutely true. But Paul asks the Corinthian church, don't you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? And Paul answers his own question. You are God's temple in Corinth a gathered community that forms the temple of the living God. And we are God's gathered community here in Wrexham, gathered at the moment through Zoom, but we're not like other clubs and societies because just like the church in Corinth, we have the spirit of the living God here with us. Even as a community gathered over Zoom, we together God's temple here in Wrexham where his promised presence is with us our salvation is personal but the Christian life is not we are saved as individuals but we are saved for a purpose and our salvation has to be lived out in community we are saved as individuals but we are saved to become part of the people of God. And God creates a people to represent him. And together, as a church, we are God's presence here in Wrexham. We are disciples called to make disciples. And God is still choosing and saving a people for his name. And Paul writes that because we are members of each other, we should... Build each other up, care for each other, love each other, do good. That's actively look for good things to do for each other. Bear patiently with each other, help each other, be kind and compassionate with each other, forgive each other, consider one another better than ourselves. Be devoted to each other in love and live in harmony with each other. And uh, Gordon Fee concludes that Paul believes that through the gathered community of church, God is creating a people for his name who will reproduce God's life and character. And that Holy Spirit is a crucial element in making and continuing our life together in worship and service. As Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been able to teach him? But we have the mind of Christ. That is, together we have the mind of Christ. So when we, and I include myself in the we, come to church, we should come to serve God and each other, not for what church does for us. We should come to church to build each other up, not just joining in the things that suit us. We should come to church to be part of God's people in worship, not as individuals who just happen to be there in the bigger group. We should come to church to bring our gifts to be shared, not as consumers who come together for what we can get. We are a community brought together by God to be, Together, his witnesses here in Wrexham, inextricably joined together by the Holy Spirit, who is given to each one of us individually for the common good. We reproduce God's life and character here in Wrexham. Together we are called to be a community of people who are joined together by Holy Spirit in our worship of God, and who go into the world as community to be disciples who make disciples.